Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Got a text on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R from Sir Whiskey Ray. Say Q and D. Fantastic interview with Nate. Always bringing in top-notch guests. We Raider Nation always appreciate it. Cheers from Sir Whiskey Ray. No pressure. No pressure at all, but now on the phone lines. Because <laughs> we bring on fantastic guests. No pressure at all. Our next guest is our good friend Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal. VegasNation.com does a lot of fantastic work there. And, of course, was out at OTAs yesterday as I was. Adam Hill was. Vinny Ed Graney. The list goes on and on and on. And, Cassie, man, what have you been seeing? What have been your thoughts on what you've seen or haven't seen from uh, OTAs the couple weeks that we've been out there so far? Yeah, I feel like there's more we haven't seen than anything, right? What we've seen from 300 yards away. But uh, <laughs> how lucky did we get yesterday um, then letting us see a, a couple drills, right? The wide receivers were right in front of us. And um, I'll just say the very first thing that I noticed because last week was so quick, I finally got to, to see and to, to spot out Devontae Adams and what he looks like in a silver and black uniform. And it is still so crazy to see that. I got like some tight shots of him and seeing him run up and down the field, you know, it was obviously big hype when they signed him, but then it kind of like not went away, right? But the hype kind of died down because we didn't get to see him, you know. Um, obviously, we didn't get to see him on the field, and then to see him again, you kind of you, you get the hype all over again, right? There'll be more hype when they finally let him become available to the media and speak in a post, uh, post-practice press conference. But seeing, seeing that number 17 is, is still pretty surreal. No, it is. You're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, it's so funny. I tweeted out because we did, like you mentioned, have a couple little minutes extra than we had the week before to film and, and be able to tweet out some pictures. I tweeted out a video of a couple wide receivers, and everyone's like, where's 17? Where's 17? <laughs> I was like, it's the next video. It's the next one. I got it coming. Don't worry. But uh, it was cool to see him. How do you think How do you think this is going to go year one? I mean, because now, like you said, we talked about it. Everyone got hyped up about it. But now it's real. Devontae Adams is a Raider. That's Derek Carr's guy going back to college how do you think this thing works out between these two year one I have a feeling it'll be like maybe a little backyard football at first don't you think like maybe they'll be like obviously they'll be ironing out the kinks in the first first couple weeks or um, first couple weeks of training camp I should specify and I feel like they those two are just going to bring a different energy to the field like you can tell right their co-workers that that they have a job to do but I have a feeling the connection between Derek Carr and Devontae Adams on a personal level is going to be felt on the field this season. And I think that's something fans should get excited for. And I'm hoping that that is something that we will see once we're able to see more drills. And as we get further along in training camp, how their off the field connection, off the field connection will translate on the field and, and, and in the pros this time, right? We saw it in college. <laughs> right. We saw it in college years ago. And now, 
uh, just seeing in the pros is going to be pretty exciting. Talking right now with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Of course, Damani, he's got a good one for you. All right, moving on from the offensive superstar that the Raiders assigned in free agency to the defensive side, Chandler Jones. What do you expect from Chandler Jones after seeing him in OTAs for these first couple of days? I hope that dude goes off because I'm going to be real honest. In his press conferences, he is like one of the most engaging speakers, I feel like, that we've had in a while. Mm -hmm. Right? Can you you agree to that? Yes, 100%. Everything he says, he says it, like, with passion and, like, with meaning. Like, he, he truly believes what he is saying. And I feel, again, that's going to translate on the field. He's saying that, you know, he's coming in in 11 years, 107 and a half sacks. Right, Hugh? He corrected mm-hmm. us. 107 and a half sacks. And I feel like he it, it just, again, it's like a rookie year all over for him. He's starting from the beginning, starting from nothing, and he just wants to build and build and get better off of what he did the previous seasons and now coming in with this new team, with Max Crosby as his teammate. I feel like you can just, like, he's kind of, like, building up the excitement that he's just ready, you know, for September to come and to be able to get on the field. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because I asked him yesterday, you know, he had mentioned in his uh, introductory press conference how he, he wanted to be here so he could play across from Max Crosby. And then so I asked him about it yesterday, and uh, it actually surprised me that he went off as much as he did about it. It's like, yes, I mean, that's like, I mean, he almost basically said that's the main reason he came to the Raiders is to play with Max Crosby. That kind of caught me off guard a little bit. It did. It usually, and that's again, players are not usually very honest with the media, which is fine. You know, that's, we, they, we all have a job to do. They don't tell us everything. But he did, in fact, say he's the main reason I wanted to come to the Raiders. And how powerful is that, that Max Crosby, right? A fourth, fourth round pick coming in, obviously having to deal with the battles that he dealt with to be a name in this league now and to be a self built name, mm-hmm. right? Nobody did it for him, right? He, he gained all this attention. He gained a Pro Bowl status all by himself and the hard work that he was putting up. You know, obviously had the relationship with Yannick Ngakwe last year, um, and, and that those two were a dynamic duo. And now Chandler Jones is ready to step in and see, all right, what's the next level that Max Crosby and I can both go to together, right? They're a we, not me kind of guy. Yeah, no, they really are. And, uh, again, it was just it was kind of surprising, like I said, when he said uh, that, hey, that was the main reason I came to the Raiders was to play across from Max Crosby. And I think that that is going to bode well for the Raiders moving forward because if he's getting that kind of respect from a Chandler Jones who has over 100 sacks in his career, what, what other veterans out there that are big-time players that are going to say, yeah, I want to go play. I want to go play with Max Crosby. Right, for sure. And I think it's, you know, even the same thing like the star power that the Raiders players do have, right? Obviously, Derek Carr played a huge role in bringing in Devontae mm-hmm. Adams. Um, I, I think I saw something the other day. Uh, one of the brothers was going off saying that Derek Carr called him and said, yo, buy a house out here. Like, we're going to make this happen. And sure enough, it, De- Devontae Adams is in, repping silver and black now. So same thing, yeah, that these guys, one day we'll see somebody out here saying, hey, I came to the Raiders because I wanted to play with Hunter Renfro. That's a guy that is stepping up, yep. you know, and becoming somebody in the league as well. All right, Cassie, you've been at OTAs for two weeks in a row now. What's been your biggest takeaway, or what have you been looking for when you're out there watching, watching the Raiders in the limited time that you have? I think it's this. This jumping competition. I have so many videos of this <laughs> jumping competition between Derek Carr and Max Crosby. I don't know what it is. I know nothing about like, this. <laughs> they're always like the first two, like hitting sprints, right? When they're warming up, 
They're hitting sprints to the opposite uh, sideline, and they're like just doing these massive jumps. And like credit to Derek Carr, he gets up there. I think Heidi Fang tweeted out some pictures yesterday that were like, we don't know what this competition is, but it happened last year. Uh, Q, if y'all remember too, I think they were mm-hmm. you know doing this. But you see them. Every practice, they're out there. So I might have to start making like a separate little saga or a little video of who's, who's got the best hops. Well, you know, Derek has the, the, the J's on as far as the cleats. He's rocking J's. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to give you a little bit extra something-something right there. You know yeah, you're I mean? right. You're right. <laughs> so, yeah, but no, I, I do notice that. It's pretty funny. Well, what are your thoughts on the offensive line, Cassie? What are you looking at when you're looking for the, at the offensive line? Yeah, no, we finally got to hear from um, the line coach, Carmen Brasillo. And I think it was what stood out to me in his um, press conference yesterday, and it was actually a soundbite that I used multiple times in, in a couple of my videos, was how he was asked about Alex Leatherwood, obviously, and the position that he's going to play. And he made it very apparent that he said, hey, these guys are going to be playing multiple positions, so like, don't get hung up on if he's a guard or if he's a tackle because we're going to need him to be both, basically. And the line that he said was, if you're going to be playing one position, you better be the best at it, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So I think that stood out to me because he, nobody's job, I want to say, is not safe, but he's just saying at, at any point in the game, they're going to need somebody to switch over. They're going to need somebody to play a different position than what the roster says, maybe what the roster card says. And I think that that was really key in maybe figuring out this Alex Leatherwood saga. Is he a guard? Is he a tackle? Are they going to keep switching him back and forth, back and forth? Well, if he can, you know, be decent, I think, for the Raiders in both positions this season, it's only going to be a positive for the team if they can trust him to play multiple positions. No, I agree 100%. We're talking all things Raiders right now with Cassie Soto from the RJ. Also uh, see her all the time at OTA. See her around town. She's covering everything. She does a fantastic job. VegasNation.com. You can check her out. How about this? Darren Waller, we all know, needs a contract or mm-hmm. wants a contract extension. He's got two years left on his deal, but very minimal money. He's like the 17th highest paid tight end in the league, and he's well. He's played outplayed his contract, no doubt about it. With the new money under the salary cap now, would you take care of Darren Waller before training camp or would you try to get him to ride out his deal? I think you lock him down. Okay. I think you lock him down because who could not use a Darren Waller? Right. Right? Yep. <laughs> like, end of story, point blank. I think uh, we've seen him be extremely successful with the Raiders, like you said, with the 17th, right? Um, most, how would you work? 17th highest contract. Yeah, highest um, paid. Think, yep. Yeah, highest paid contract. So between Waller and between Renfro, I think that these are homegrown guys that we know we, we know the Raiders, you know, can fall or I was a Gruden mentality, you fall in and out of love with guys. But these two have proven to themselves that right, with the money that they're making, look at the production that they can do. So if you pay them what they're worth, I have a feeling like it's only up from here, uh, for Darren Waller, for Hunter Renfro, guys like that. All right, Cassie, post-June 1st, we heard about it. I had Raider fans talk to me saying it's a third holiday for Raider fans. <laughs> that it's post-June 1st, and they've got all this money. If you could bring in any player that's still out there, if you want to, who would it be? Ooh. Ooh, I, ooh that's a t- I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, between – I'm going to butcher the – Indomitian Sioux, right? That's, yeah. Did I say that right? Indomitian yep. Sioux? Yep, right on the money. There. Just let's go there because I want to keep saying his name and I want to learn how to say it right. <laughs> let's just go there. <laughs> right, right. Well, I'll tell you, I, I thought that he was a luxury. I thought that he's a guy the Raiders could obviously use, but he'd be more of a luxury. I thought that the homegrown guys like you mentioned. But mm-hmm. the more and more I think about it, the more I'm thinking, you know what? 
He could provide that. Remember what Gerald McCoy was supposed to do and then he got injured? He yep. could provide what Gerald McCoy was going to do, but then at a whole higher level because he's only, what, missed two games in his entire career. So he could do that at such a high level. He had six and a half sacks last season. Matter of fact, the last two seasons, I think he could play at a high level right now. No, for sure. And, and But I think most importantly, too, with that extra money that they're getting, I think you have to take care of these guys that have been here and that have proven that they're going to ride and die for this team. And that they're gonna they're gonna have the production to match it. Uh, Hunter Renfro, pro, first first Pro Bowl. You know, Darren Waller obviously got injured last year, but but was able to produce. And I feel like if they can keep Darren Waller healthy, and I, I mean from those small glimpses that we've gotten of him so far these last couple of of OTAs, he looks you know just as in shape as as he was in his best best time uh, last season. So I think you take care of these two guys, and then you can maybe play play around with some funny money from there uh, obviously it'll be more money than we ever see uh you and my you and myself q but if right. they want to ch- uh spare a couple mil you know for you and i if there's a few a little bit of money left over we'll, we'll take it we'll happily. take it yes facts <laughs> we'll take it all right cassie you had a tweet last night or it was just oh. about the day club okay and i am right there with you you don't want to set foot in public pools can you just expound about how much you hate public pools in the Dega Club? Because I've been to the day clubs out here in Vegas, and I go and I'm like, what's the big deal? You mix, you mix people with water and a lot of drinking and short bathroom lines, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, look, the way I look at it, like, let me let me take off my married uh, let me take off my married ring real quick. Careful, Q. I, no, I'm not gonna be careful. I, I, look, I'm just I'm playing the the you know outside of my body right now. The extra element. If you go to a day pool, it's hot outside. There's a lot of water, and then there's a lot of water. You know what I mean? Like there could be there could be some things to like, Cassie. And look, I know you're a fan of 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 a good time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But we can do that not near uh, water where some randos are. And I, I, so the video that Damon is referring to found some nasty stuff in the pool. Oh. And I'll, and I'll be honest. My sister was a longtime pool manager here at one of the local hotels. And she would tell me some stories. And that is pretty much the reason why I was like, uh, I'm never going to a public pool. Not going to do it. Well, not happening. Putting my ring back on. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the ring on. Let's go to like a brunch or something, Q. We can go to brunch. How about that? Done <laughs> deal. You've convinced you can get me. Messed up. You can get messed up at brunch. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. I've <laughs> been there, done that. So, okay. Yeah. You have convinced me. I'm, I'm back on your side now. No problem at all. Well, fantastic stuff as always, Cassie. What do you got coming out? I know you're doing a lot of grinding there at Vegas Sports Nation. What you got coming out? Yeah, so we've obviously got um, some of the videos up from yesterday if you want to get a closer look. I know everybody's so far away, but I was able to get some good shots, like I said, of Devontae Adams, of Derek Carr. You can find that all at uh, VegasNation.com or Review Journal on YouTube. Trying to get you guys the best video we can coming out of OTAs. There you go, and her camera's a lot better than mine is, so a fantastic (laughs) job as always, Cassie. Hey, enjoy the weekend. I appreciate you as always, and we'll see you next week at a mandatory minicamp. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. There she goes. Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal. VegasNation.com does a fantastic job on Twitter at underscore Cassie Soto. Make sure you check her out. Again, does a great job. Great breakdown. Real fun breakdown right there with Cassie. Uh, She's just really just one of my favorite guests that we have each and every week. 319 is the time. My man Ward Whites, who is an excellent play-by-play voice uh, in Central Texas, he just confirmed that he'll be available in about 10 minutes. So we'll hear from him. I want to just kind of get the breakdown of what goes into it as he prepares 
for a play-by-play event, whether it's high school football, college football. He's done so many different things. I mean, every sport you could think of, football, basketball, baseball, softball. I mean, he's done it all. We'll kind of pick his brain a little bit. That's coming up at 3.30, but we'd love to hear from you, Raider Nation. Uh, What kind of characteristics are you looking at for the next voice of the Silver and Black? Do you want him to have ties to the Raiders? Do you want it to be someone young? Do you want it to be someone established? What are your thoughts? Let us know about it. 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. This it's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. I get up out of bed fired up. Sometimes the wife's like, hey, man, calm it on down. You ain't on air. <laughs> it ain't always got to be showtime. I just thought about you just waking up. Boom! <laughs> Scaring the hell out of everybody. That's how you get out of bed. <laughs> Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword r I was supposed to do this earlier in the show. Call number nine. I got a pair of tickets to go see the Vegas Nighthawks for San Diego Strike Force. It's Saturday, June 11th, so that's next week. 4 p.m. at the Dollar Loan Center. I got a pair of those tickets for you right now. My man, Damon is standing by. Hit us up, 702-365-9200. Again, uh, call number nine is what I'm looking for to get you hooked up with a pair of tickets to the Vegas Nighthawks for a San Diego Strike Force next Saturday at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, a fantastic venue, so definitely want to send you there. Uh, we have been talking about play-by-play voices and and the fact that Brent Musburger has now, uh, is no longer going to be the voice of the Silver and Black. He put out a tweet earlier today, many thanks to the Raiders organization for fond memories. I'll miss broadcast partner Lincoln Kennedy and the radio production crew. What's next? I hear Mike Trout might step down as commissioner of his fantasy league. You never know. That's from Brent Musburger. And look, he had a three-year contract. He actually did play-by-play for four seasons for the Silver and Black. So he actually did a little bit more than his contract. I don't know what direction the Raiders are going to go next. I'm sure they have someone in mind already. I threw out Beth uh, Beth Mowens. I think she would do a great job. Uh, She has ties to the Silver and Black. I think Jason Fitz would do an exceptional job. He's a big-time Raider fan. He's very professional in everything he's done from music to radio, and I know he would do a fantastic job with that. He's passionate about the team, but I, this is just me spitballing, throwing some names out there and also some characteristics. I think it's important to have someone that's very young and passionate and fired up and can grow with the organization here in Las Vegas. I think that that's a big deal, but that's just me. So just kind of throwing it out there. What do you think? 702-365-9200. Also the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword r Got a really good text right here, a two-parter from Rob in Oakland. I think these are some qualities important to the new voice of the Raiders in no particular order. One, intelligent preparation for the job is brutal, and the play-by-play person has to be over-prepared to be ready for the game. That is 100% facts. Over-prepared is what you have to be. I mean, you just about have to be over-prepared for this job. But if I were to come in one day just kind of on a whim, I could probably hustle my way through a couple-hour show and, and, and still sound okay. But in that job... You have got to be overprepared. When Rob says that, he is spot on. You do it absolutely. That is no joke. That takes so much preparation. His second point, young. I listened to Papa for 21 years, and he was part of my family on game days. I want the kids in Las Vegas to grow up with a new voice to help build a stable tradition. I think that's great as well. Three, distinctive, strong voice. Every game, winning play in the biggest NFL games are accompanied by a play-by-play call. Four, be a Raider. We have a rich history and tradition with some serious grudges, and the new voice needs to feel it, not just study it. Hearing Jason Fitz's name clicked for me, and I can't stand that Papa works at Great America. That's from Rob in Oakland. And I agree. I agree. It's something different about understanding who the Raiders are and then actually being a part of that. 
You know, so anyone could go on the radio and talk about the Raiders. Like, you don't have to be a Raider fan to work at Raider Nation Radio 920. You don't. I'm a fan, but everyone else is not. I mean, I'm not saying everyone, you know, you don't have to be. That's not a prerequisite. But it feels more personal, right? When you're a fan and it's like something comes up, like the tuck rule or something else, and you're like, oh, man, I remember when I was doing this. And it's just more personable. It's more, it's a better connection, when you, when you know and, and you have that history and you can feel it. So that's what Rob's talking about. Those are all great points, man. I like that. Great way to break that down. I really do like that. Uh, let's see. Got another one from uh, Vegas Pete. You got to hear Jason Fitz play the autumn win on violin. If he plays that at his interview, the Raiders should hire him on spot. And I remember when he did that, he did a fantastic job. No doubt about that. So uh, thank you so much for that, Vegas Pete. Uh, how about this one from... Was this from? Oh, Robin Hollister would love Greg Papa back. Uh, however, I don't see that happening unless him and MD can bury the hatchet. There's a story there. Robin Hollister. P.S. Please no to Beth. He said Mullins, but it's Beth Mullins. But hey, you know, and that's the thing. Some people aren't a big fan of Beth, and that's okay. You know, I mean, that's that's the thing about it. That's what I love about having options. You could do whatever you want to do. That's just one of my suggestions. I think she has the history. I know she's passionate about the silver and black. I know that she's also a pioneer. And I just think that all of that goes together in a really, you know, really positive way. I think that it would help with women understanding that be in the industry and do a really good job. Like we just had Cassie Soto on. As you notice on this show, we don't discriminate. I don't care who you are. If you know what you're talking about, you're going to be on the show. We love to have women on the show. We love to have men on the show. I mean, I don't care. You know, and I think that that's what more people need to understand is that, hey, this is open this is open for for everybody. Everybody could enjoy this and, and be just as good, if not better, than you know the guys that are in the position right now. So uh, that's one of the main reasons why I'm a big fan of Beth. But also she has the the Raider tie. So that's just me. But uh, hey, you know, like I said, I know a lot of folks that aren't aren't big fans of her. So I get it. Uh, this one's a good one from A31 Raider. I would love to see them bring in guest announcers like Snoop Dogg or Marshawn Lynch. Laugh my ass off. Could you imagine Snoop? That front runner, could you imagine him being in there in the booth talking about some Raider football? One minute he's a Raider fan, next minute he's a Steeler fan, next minute he's a Rams fan. Next, I mean, Snoop is the guy who is so just all over the place. I could totally I could see that. That would be funny. And Marshawn Lynch, you'd have to get the dump button ready. If you didn't have the dump button ready, it would be a problem. Uh, got one text. Q, Mark D will pick Beth. Why? Because she's a Davis or he's a Davis. That's from Raider Al from GA. Thank you so much for that. Uh, right now, without further ado, I'm going to go to a guy that knows a lot about the play-by-play game. This is probably, and he'll, and I'll let him explain it to you the, himself. This is probably his number one passion. My guy Ward White's. I worked for him, for, with, worked with him, and for him for a very long time in Central Texas. And Ward, I appreciate your time, my man. And I know I reached out to you at the last second, but of course, you were very accommodating. What does it mean to you to be a voice of a team and be a play-by-play guy? Because you do it very well, and you've done it for a very long time. Well, first, thanks for having me on, Q. I certainly do appreciate it and always enjoy getting to talk to you at any time. But Yeah, it, it is a passion of mine, and I, I really enjoy doing it. And it means a lot to be a part of, of a broadcast and, and be around the coaches and around the players and, and get to know the guys quite a bit uh, on, an, on and off the field. And to have that opportunity means a lot because you you build a bond with that team and you, you have an opportunity to learn the ins and outs and, and what they do well and what they, you know, sometimes struggle at and, and learn how they go about getting that done. And I enjoy spending a lot of time not only just 
at the game, but going to practice and, and watching film with the coaches and, and being able to bring something to the listening audience other than just, hey, they ran for eight yards or they made a three-pointer or you know they hit the ball up the hole, something like that. Being able to bring some insights to the game, I think, is very important as a play-by-play guy. What makes, because it's so funny, uh, when the news came uh, about Brent Musburger not going to be the Raiders' voice anymore, a lot of people you should do it. And I was like, no, wait, hold on. There's so much work that goes into being a play-by-play guy. It's not something you don't just walk into the booth and you just start talking, you know, and you know me, I've been on your broadcast. I'm a sideline guy. That's where I live. <laughs> that's, that's my comfort zone is there on the sideline. I'd be comfortable with that. In the booth, not so much, but you have put the work in. What does it take? Just got to let everyone know what it takes to really become a really good play-by-play voice. Well, I, you know, I think it, there's a lot of ins and outs of it that you have to do and, and anybody that that does it spends time doing what what a play-by-play guy has to do to be successful and, and that is again spending time learning about the team not just as you say walking in the booth and turning on the mic and saying well I've got my play chart I'm ready to go <laughs> I mean you, you could you can do that but to really be successful at it and and bring something the audience you have to learn the team you have to learn you know who's capable of doing what and for me the way that i do it is i i have to watch film i have to sit down and and look at some film i have to go to practice i have to visit with the coaches in a one-on-one situation or go to the coach's office and sit down with the coaches and and talk to them about their team and and you know what they want to try to accomplish with that team and you have to learn, you know, what this team runs, what what they're good at. You know, do do they run a spread? Do they do they get in a two back situation in certain situations? What do they do on third down in a normal situation? And, and really break down the film. And it's almost, you know, it, it sounds silly, but it's almost a another side of coaching because of the fact that you you have to learn what they want to be able to accomplish and learn what they do what they don't do well so you can almost anticipate you know what they might do in a certain situation so you're not thrown off guard and so you're not just throwing out there well you know number 18 ran to the right for four yards and <laughs> you know why did they do that you right. know and, and you know in certain situations and so I, I think it takes a lot of time of, of prep and, you know, that's why you see, you know, even some of the other guys like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman who, you know, go to a city that they're going to cover the game, like for ESPN Monday night, they'll be at the location four or five days in advance and they'll sit down with the coaches and talk to the coaches and they'll watch film and they'll watch three or four previous games and they'll go to practice and, and they'll learn a little bit more about that team so they can understand what's going on on the field and elaborate that to the viewing audience and so it's not just bringing them the action on the field it's also bringing them the action on the field but understanding why the team's doing what they're doing so you can 
express that to the listening audience or the viewing audience. Talking right now with my guy Ward White's here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. We're talking about play-by-play voices as he does a fantastic job and doing play-by-play for a very long time. And I'm not just talking football. I'm talking everything. Basketball, baseball, softball, you name it, man. I mean, you want to do a funeral service, he'd do it. You know what I mean? He'd do the play-by-play <laughs> at a funeral if you wanted him to do it. Now, what got you into it, Ward? What made you want to do play-by-play and who were some of the ones that you looked up to? Well, I, I, I kind of fell into it, to be real honest with you, Q. I, I was a coach for a while and, and, and was coaching and then and stepped, uh, took a step back from coaching with every intention of going back to coaching. And a, and a gentleman approached me about, hey, have you ever thought about doing some radio? Could you do some part-time radio for me and, and maybe do some sports? And I said, well, yeah, I'd, I'd, I might consider doing that. And walked in and, and started doing it. And then I approached it the same way as what I'm talking about. I approached it as I was breaking down film and I was looking at the team and, you know, what do they do on third and seven? What do they do on third and two? And, and, and still breaking down the film like I did from a coaching uh, perspective. And for me, that worked. And, and that helped me stay in the game and be able to be around the coaches and be around the players and, and be able to go to the game on Friday night. And then, you know, after the game, I wouldn't have to go back and, and, go down in the dungeon somewhere and break down film and figure out what went wrong, what went right. I could kind of walk away from the game a little bit. So I enjoyed that part of it. And I just ended up sticking with it. And it it has become a a real passion for me to be able to stay with the game. And, you know, some of the guys that it's me, you know, I I look at Al Michaels and what he was doing at the time. Brent Musburger, uh, who you just mentioned a few minutes ago, he was – he was a guy that I, I really liked and, and was trying to, you know, watch him and see how he did it and and just listening to different guys and their approach to the game helped you kind of mold your own style. And I, and I think that that's important. You have to have your own way of doing things because if you're trying to just do it like somebody else, I, I don't think that you can be as successful as, as you have your – your own way of doing things. I mean, there's a certain way that I set up a formation and, and I, I try to paint the picture and, you know, um, if you can paint a picture, especially on radio, I, I think that that's the most important aspect of it, whether it is being doing football, basketball, baseball, softball, whatever it may be, or, or a funeral, you know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if if it's that, you have to paint the picture for the listening audience because of the fact that, you know, they're not there, but you want them to feel like they are at the game and and they can see exactly what's going on on the field. And I like that aspect of it. I like trying to paint the picture with words and let them know exactly what's going on. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the color of the sky. I'll tell you, you know, what the weather conditions are. And I'll tell you what the field looks like, what the fans are try to bring you into the game as much as possible. And some of those guys that, you know, did that, Eric Nadell was another mm-hmm. uh, big one that, you know, does a great job of painting the picture, the voice of the Texas Rangers. And that's how I got to where that was my style. I want to paint the picture as much as I possibly can. So you feel like you're immersed in whatever action that you're watching on the field. Yeah, you, you mentioned weather. Yeah. Or you have a guy on the sideline who's getting drenched. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you uh, you always, uh, in fact, uh, 
got you finally to carry the uh, poncho and the and the rain <laughs> gear with you finally after being soaked about three or four times and and, and always carrying baggies and it, it was funny when Q would come up to the booth and there was inclement weather a possibility and I'd pull out the uh, Ziploc bags for the sideline bikes. He'd just start shaking his head like, yeah, this is not going to be a good night for Q. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. My man, my man, DeMond's got one for you. Go ahead, DeMond. All right, Ward, when I was in college, I did do play-by-play. I did all the sports, football, baseball, basketball. But when it comes to a young play-by-play guy trying to find his voice, what is the most important thing to just sound solid? Everyone wants to use catchphrases or maybe have a distinct voice, you know, because you know the Al Michaels, you know Bob Costas, Jim Lampley's, you want to be those guys. But what's the most important factor to just being solid? I think, honestly, is just being yourself. And if, you, if you're trying to emulate somebody, you're not going to be yourself and you're not going to ever be really comfortable in your seat. And... You know, you can use whatever catchphrases you want to use, and and that's fine. You can bring that to the game, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're over overusing them, I, I think you're doing yourself a disservice because just being yourself and letting the audience know who you are and, and being raw in what you're trying to do in your craft, I think that's the best way to be because you'll always be comfortable if you're yourself. If you're trying to be somebody else, you're always thinking about, okay, how would, some, how would so-and-so do it, or how would this guy do it, or what would he say at this point? And you're going to miss something. You're not going to be in the flow of the game, whatever the game may be. So, you know, my advice is, you know, just relax and be yourself and, and, and use your knowledge that you have of the game and try to bring And when you say be yourself, because something that I've noticed with some people when I was in college, you notice that some people have a different voice in their radio voice. So do, for you, do you have a different, hey, this is my play-by-play voice and this is just my regular speaking voice? No, I really don't. I mean, I just, I, I have. No, nah, he's country no matter right what. Now. He's country all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, I am who I am and, it, and that's the only way I can do it. I, you know, I, when you try to try to project something that you're not, I, I don't think that you can stay in that character the entire time and really be able to bring what you need to bring to the game because when you get excited, you may forget you're trying to project something else and it may sound different. So just being yourself, again, is the only way that that I know to do it. And and, and as Q says, country is. So country (laughs) does it. It does. It does. And, hey, man, you do a fantastic job. It's always been so much fun to be on the broadcast with you. I miss those Fridays and Saturdays, you know, high school games, college games. I miss all that, my man. I I really do. And and like I said, I always appreciate you giving me the opportunity uh, to be on the sidelines and letting me be, like you said, be myself. Because I'm not in the booth, but being on the sidelines and being who I am is is a lot of fun. So uh, I definitely always appreciate you for allowing me to be that guy. Well, and I'll tell you this, there's not a better sideline guy out there than Q Myers, and, and you do such a great job at, at your craft and so proud of what you're doing now. But to, to have you on the sidelines and to have you in the seat next to me doing basketball or baseball or softball or whatever we were doing made my job so much easier. And I think that that's an important part of being a good play-by-play guy, knowing who to surround yourself with to make you a better broadcaster is is very important and i had the luxury of working with you for so many years that you made my job so much easier because i could rely on you to do things that i couldn't do 
It's all good. It's all good, man. It was a lot of fun for sure. We'll have to uh, get back in the saddle and do it again uh, sometime soon. you got to come out to Vegas and hang out. And, hell, uh, there's a job opening for the Raiders play-by-play. I'm just saying. <laughs> just going to th- throw it out there. Throw my hat in the ring. Throw my hat in the ring, and I'll come be your roomie, man. I'd love it. There you go. I'm not mad at that. Hey, Ward, thank you so much for your time this afternoon, my man. Make sure you uh, give mom and pops all my love, man. Appreciate you. I miss you. Keep doing what you do. Miss you, too. Appreciate you very much. Thank you very much. All right, brother. There he goes. Ward Whites does a fantastic job play-by-play. I mean, he's, this dude's got rings, like championship rings from, from different games, championship games that he's called. I mean, this dude, people used to think that he was like a, a Super Bowl champ or something like that because he had some big old rings on all the time. But, yeah, man, he's, he does a fantastic job. And you want to talk about really, really grinding and really being prepared. Like we talk about over-preparation. That is the key to the game, especially then. I mean, there was times when you'll have a lull in the game, and all of a sudden word will be like, well, you know, I was visiting with Coach earlier this week and start talking about something, and that all of a sudden will bring you back into, okay, this blowout sucks, but, hey, this conversation they're having about these teams are great. You know That's what I mean? why I give anyone credit. If you can do a solo baseball game, but you, you do a solo baseball game, mm-hmm. you can do play-by-play because it is so hard. It's excruciating. Those summers where I'm, when I was out there and it's you know it's almost 100 degrees right. and you're just trying to think of what can I say next? I have nothing to bounce anything. I have nothing to bounce someone else off of. Right. You know what I mean? And then you're like, it's hot. I have nothing. The weather <laughs> was a big topic for me when it came to UNLV it's baseball hot. games. I have nothing. It's hot. I have nothing. <laughs> exactly. It's just, hey, yeah, it's a hot one, guys. It's uh, 93 today. You know, a little bit of a breeze. But not really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Guys, he going to tell us that it's 93 again? Yes. Next inning. Yes. <laughs> Lead it off. By the way, it's hot. Sweat on the forehead. Uh, you know what? How about we hook it up? Since it is hot outside right now, why don't we send you indoors? We'll uh, look for caller number nine. We gave out some tickets to, to the football game at the, at the Dollar Loan Center. How about we send you to the movies now? Jurassic World. Caller number nine. I'm looking for 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. Want to give out a pair of tickets to go see Jurassic World on Tuesday. Got the hookup for you. It's a premiere. The movie doesn't hit theaters till the 10th. You're going to see it on the 7th, and you're going to see it with us. So hit us up right now. We are Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. What's up? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Man, we have had a fast and furious show. Really. Nate Geary, he joined us at 2.30 for the Bills pregame and halftime show. Does a fantastic job. WGR 550. Home of the Buffalo Bills. We were talking all things Daryl Williams. We were also talking about play-by-play voices and what he looks for uh, in a play-by-play voice. And this has been a fun conversation, really. I really have enjoyed it. Uh, Brent Musburger announced earlier, just in case you're just tuning in, announced earlier that he will not be back as the voice of the Raiders. So obviously it will be a new voice in the booth next season. I'm assuming next to Lincoln Kennedy, but you never know how these things shake out. So uh, I'm excited to see what direction they go. I know I've thrown out some suggestions to throw some suggestions out there of who they'd like to hear in the booth and and who they think does a really good job. But I think more importantly, it's not really about who, but it's like, what do they do? And that's why in the in the last segment, uh, we had my guy Ward Whites, who does a really good job doing play-by-play, uh, has given me a lot of opportunities to do uh, some broadcasts, some show bro- radio broadcasts or some uh, some game broadcasts with him. 
as well while I was in Central Texas. And uh, I tell you, man, I'm blessed to be here in Las Vegas. I love being here, but man, I needed Central Texas. I needed to be there to learn as much as I was able to learn and then bring my craft to here. And I could really take that next step. But he was one of the main guys that helped me in that field. You know, I've, I've, I've learned a lot in radio. I've learned a lot in broadcasting as far as games go. I've been able to learn a lot. And, and that was due to Central Texas. So i uh, never look back at it and, and, and be upset about my time there. Uh, but I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> With that being said, glad I'm here and, and glad I have the opportunity. But uh, there's a lot of really good suggestions out there. And I thought that what he was saying, and, and DeMond, I think you asked some really good questions about a young play guy. Like, what, what do you need to do? And I think you hit it on the head when he said, just be yourself. You know, just be who you are. That's how I got started in radio. You know, someone said, hey, that guy that I just heard in the hallway cutting up, having a good time, that's who I want to hear on the radio. And once they told me that, I was good. It was good. Cool. No problem. Man, it, and it's so when he says be yourself, but I feel like for me, at least when I was in college, I didn't want to be myself because you I wanted to. I mean, I understand to, I wouldn't want to be yourself either. <laughs> because you want to emulate those guys right, that right. you see yeah. and you hear on TV because you don't have the big booming voice or you're just trying to find your voice and you, do, you don't know who you are as a broadcaster yet. So it is just be yourself and it's it's easy to say. But it's hard to do. Right. No, it is. It really is. Because, again, like you said, you hear people that are successful and you think that this is what I'm supposed to sound like. This is what I'm supposed to look like. But that's not necessarily the case. You know, and a lot of times people will just want you for who you are. Just got to go ahead and put it out there. And, I, and I've said this from you from day one since I met you. I mean, you got a hell of a personality that goes a long way. Now, sometimes I got to try to reel that personality in. But I rather I've said this from day one as well. <laughs> I rather have a guy that I got to try to reel in than a guy that I got to say, hey, man, you got to give me some more. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's that's I'd much rather a guy that's over the top and I have to bring you in than a guy that I'm like, dude, that's all you got? Give me some more. And this is why I love doing radio shows instead of radio broadcasts because the play-by-play, mm-hmm. I would just get caught up in like, hey, because you also have the color man there. Right. You gotta, he's got to get in his analysis. And I'm just such a fan that I'm watching the game. Right. I remember there was a double overtime game that I'm calling. Javon Mooring, for those UNLV people, you know who JoJo was. And like, and he's going crazy in overtime, and I'm just getting caught up in what JoJo's doing. That I don't want to, I don't even want to call the game anymore. I want to watch it. Uh, I just yeah. want to be a fan. Yeah, see, you got to, you got to, you got to exactly. stick to the script. Like, hey, you got to be. I'm, that's why I'm here now, and <laughs> not trying to be the next, you know, Marv Albert. I'll tell you this, man. I'm glad you you mentioned that because I was again learning the the craft, and I've done sidelines for a very long time. But there was a time when the color guy wasn't able to be part of the, the, the game broadcast. So they're like, Q, we're going to put you in the booth and have you do color. I was like, yeah, no problem. Cool. Because I, I was, for me, what Ward let me do, he used to have my mic open. So he would just say, hey, anytime you want to talk, go for it. So I felt like, hey, it's just about the same. I've been doing color from the sidelines, so I'm going to do color in the booth. The difference is, and this wasn't with Ward. This was some, with someone else, so I didn't really know him that well. So I was in there doing color with them. And there was a really good run to the outside, and dude was gone. Like, you knew dude was gone immediately. So this guy is slow playing the call. Like, he wasn't very good at what he was doing. He was slow playing the call. This guy named Tom. He wasn't very good at what he did. But I don't have a problem saying that. He just wasn't. And so he's, he's given the call, and it's not very good. And so finally I was just like, oh, he's gone. <laughs> oh, he, and I'm, like, stepping all over him. I was like, oh, he's gone. It's a wrap. Oh, he's to the house. That's a, that's a, that's the score, and he's he literally hit me. He took his hat off and hit me because I'm you know he's trying to stepping over his call, right? But his call sucked, <laughs> so I knew I couldn't work with him anymore. But no, you have to learn the the tricks of the trade. You have to learn when you jump in, when to shut up, when to not, you know. So I learned, and I'll leave you with this, and then we'll pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor, who's at the TI right now, four to six p.m. in the huddle. Make sure you go check him out. I learned that once they get lined up, 
once the quarterback gets ready and he's starting to make you know make his signals and all of that, that's when you as the color guy shut the hell up. That's when you shut up. When they line up, you can talk until they line up. Once they get lined up, shut up. Let the, let, let the play-by-play guy do his thing. I'm going to let the play-by-play guy do his thing next. That's Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle at the TI. 4 to 6 p.m. Go check him out. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.